welcome back to the Across the Pod NFL podcast. It's time for another season preview, and this time it's a turn of the New York Giants. With me, I've got a returning guest from last season's season preview, as well as other episodes during last season, including the most recent one, which I believe was the preview to the Giants-Eagles game we had in the divisional round of last season, which of course didn't end too well, but you know, positivity is all around the New York Giants fan base right now, and one of them is here, it's Tom Walton. How are you, mate? Mate, I'm very good, very good, very happy to be here. Yeah, that um, Eagles game went well, didn't it? So um, <laughs> let, let's see if I get it right this time. <laughs> I was convinced that you were going to win that game. I thought that you were going to surprise the Eagles. I thought they might be one of those teams that suffer from you know, first round by being rusty, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But that game was very much. I went to London to watch it in the Hippodrome, and it very much was. Um, <laughs> it wasn't quite. The game I thought it was going to be, but um, you know, it's you can't argue that they made Super Bowl, you know, and they almost won it. So, if you're going to lose to anyone yeah. in that conference, it might be the team that won it. So, um, you know, on to next season, really. So, um, yeah, first of all, just how excited are you for the season and, and the Giants' chances? Um, I'm remaining pretty optimistic to be honest. Um, I mean, it's always nice coming up, even though that Philly loss was a bit emphatic, it's always nice to come off a little bit of a playoff run when you've been without it for so long. Um, I'm, it feels like ages ago, to be honest, mate, since we were sat watching for, watching the Super Bowl. It seems seems just almost forgotten about. But um, I am very excited for the um, for the Giants season. I'm hoping hoping for another good one and um, hopefully another run at the playoffs. Yeah, and that is what your aim is. has to be the season to make the playoffs and try and go far again. I mean, as you said then, it's been five months at time of recording on July 19th, um, five months the Super Bowl happened, and we are now less than two months away uh, from, and well, this podcast will be released probably with a month and a couple of days to go. So it's um, it's likely to be released early August, this episode. So if that's the case, then it's going to be um, yeah, a month to go. So if you are listening to or watching on YouTube, however you're watching this podcast or listening to it, um, at this time the episode's out, we are almost there. The long off season is almost here. So it's almost at an end, I should say. And preseason football will be just around the corner at that point. Um, talking about the season, the main sort of ins and outs to me, obviously the uh, the main talking points were Saquon Barkley and Daniel Jones. Saquon Barkley franchise tag, Daniel Jones um, has been given a new contract. And we will talk about Saquon Barkley in a bit. But other players have come in, obviously um, re-signing such as Isaiah Hodgkins, Matt Breeder, Jamie Gillen, uh, Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton, um, and the only other players that have come in, such as Bobby Okariki, who's come in after a time at Indianapolis Colts, Paris Campbell via the Colts as well, Jameson Crowder. Uh, that's really the main sort of, uh, the, oh, Downwater, the main sort of, the main incoming for you guys. Um, and then players that have left, such as Kenny Golladay, um, other players that left. Hey. <laughs> well, one of the worst um, signings in the offseason I've, I've ever seen uh, John Feliciano is gone Julian Love, Richie James uh, so no real main at the moment time of recording, no real main out obviously there could be one about to happen we don't know yet yeah. <laughs> but what, what's your take on the offseason as a whole for your team? I think it's been good I think we, have, we haven't really weakened ourselves in any way which has been the typical, typical of the Giants for the last 10 years is um, um, give stupid contracts out to stupid players and um, not actually keep your main pieces. But we've done a good job re-signing Dexter Lawrence. Um, 
extending um uh was it fifth year extension for andrew thomas which has been key um re-signing daniel jones lots of people outside the giants might think it's a stupid thing to do i think it's very important to keep your quarterback um keep your quarterback happy and keep him um keep him there to be honest i think dable's um dable's gonna work, work some wonders hopefully um Barkley, I hope he plays, but if he doesn't, then <laughs> we'll have to think of a backup plan. But I think the, the main thing is um, getting Darren Waller through the door. I think that was a bit unexpected from everyone and um, get a top five tight end through the door for a team whose receiver room has really struggled for quarterback who needs another play, another receiver to take that next step. So um, I think um, all in all, we should all be pretty happy with ourselves. Yeah, I mean... Um... Mentioning Dan Waller and Daniel Jones, these are two players that have got a lot of question marks around them. Dan Waller mainly because of injuries and Daniel Jones mainly because of only really having one good season. Even then, I think he had less than 20 touchdowns. Um, so for you, in terms of Daniel Jones particularly, um, as well as Dan Waller, just how do you think these players will do this year? Do you think Daniel Jones is just a one-season wonder or can you see him developing more and more under, under Brian Dable? Um, I'd like to say he'd develop more. I think you you saw an obvious change in him from 2021 into 2022. I know you mentioned about the um, 20 touch, only 20 touchdowns or so, but the running game was taking up a large portion of that. And we didn't have many receivers to actually pick up the slack. Um, I'd like to say um, he's now a player who doesn't, it won't lose us games. I think that's just as important as a player who can go and win you games because before 2021 and before you sort of be looking at Daniel Jones and think, shit, he's going to lose this year. He's not actually going to step up and be what we need him to be. But he's now someone who doesn't turn over the ball as much, and I still does, but he doesn't fumble the ball as much as he did. He doesn't throw as many interceptions as he did. So hopefully Dable can look at that and take another step to now a sort of 25, 30 touchdown season even less turnovers and hopefully someone you can go out there and think, you look in his eye and think he's going to win us that game. And I believe as well, he is the first player in NFL history, particularly the quarterback position, to not have their fifth year exercise and then get a new deal with the same team. I don't think it's happened before. Um, I think that shows the year he had. And I think that you've seen with Brian Dayball, how much he improved Josh Allen when he's at the Bills. And it looks like already he's doing wonders with Daniel Jones. And I think... He's a guy that also great with his legs as well. I think that goes very under the radar, the fact that he can use his legs quite well. Um, and I think that is is one of the things where I think we'll know next year the real Daniel Jones, whether he is just a guy who's playing for his life and playing for his career, or whether he was a guy that actually made improvement under Brian Dayball. And of course, Dan Waller, if you can get him in, if he is healthy, and if he is Dan Waller, we've seen without the injuries, I think that's an absolute game changer because, you know, really... There isn't many that many great receivers at the at the Giants right now. I think he did well last year, considering who he was really thrown to. Um, you know, Isaiah Hodkins, Darius Slate, and all them. They're not Travis Kelsey. They're not Stefan Diggs. They're not Tyree Kill. They're not Jamar Chase. So I think to do what he's done with that, and if you can get Dan Waller, who's a great receiving tight end, get him in and get him healthy, producing like he was before his injuries. I think that as well just massively helps you guys as well in the conference that is the week of the two. So I think it really helped you. But of course, one thing that could hinder the entire season could completely just blow it over 
is Saquon Barkley. Now, this news came out, yeah. I believe it was yesterday, day before yesterday. I'm just going to get the official line from what's been happening because I don't want to um, give false information or say the wrong thing on this podcast. But um, obviously, there he failed to agree a contact extension. Um, not the only one. I think Josh Jacobs as well, who I've sadly taken in many fancy leagues this year. Um, and there's been a lot of people that have said they would have said, like Derek Henry has made had made his feelings clear on um on Twitter. I think even Tony Pollard's not been given a new deal, and you know a lot of players talking about the fact that it's devaluing devaluing position. Um, I know you did did place a non-exclusive franchise tag on him uh, with ten million pounds, um, but obviously since then it has all sort of gone haywire this last year, and I think there's. A lot of talk of now sitting out the season um, or even be traded. So for you, Tom, what's your take on it? And what do you think will happen? Obviously, I'm aware that, again, like I said before in our Wolves episode, this podcast is being recorded on July 19th and this will be coming out about early August, maybe late July at earliest. So I think in terms of that, by the time this comes out, this podcast, this may think, this whole thing may have been completely done, dealt with, whether he's signing the deal, whether he's sitting out or whether he isn't on a new team. What do you think is going to happen with, with Saquon Barkley? I think we all need to take a little bit of a step back and just chill out. He's not going to sit out the season. That'll do him more harm than it will anyone else. So let's just park that one there. I know loads of Giants fans have been like, oh my God, he's going to sit out, he's going to do this. You saw with Le'Veon Bell when he sat out. He was never the same again. He's not going to do that. I think from a Giants perspective... I do see where they're coming from. You don't want to pay all of this money and cripple your cap for the next three, four years on a player who's only really had two healthy seasons. And Saquon Barkley was the centrepiece of our offence last season, and there's no denying that at all. And he's still the most important player on that offence. I know we talked about Daniel Jones earlier, but it runs through Barkley. Barkley's the piece to build around. But... I get from a pragmatic point of view, you have a new GM, or relatively new GM head coach duo taking over from the toxic old one. Everyone criticised the pick at number two anyway. You don't take running backs that high. Um, in terms of the position being devalued, I think there is something in that because you're seeing backup players like Pollard taking over from Elliott and he could produce just as well, if not better. Um, you don't need to spend that much money on the running back. They are replaceable in the third and fourth round, as we've seen many sort of diamonds in the rough come out before. Um, but going back to that, Barkley needs to play on this tag and be like, this is why you should pay me 16 million a year. This is why you should do that. Because like, players like McCaffrey, he's been paid, he got a massive contract from the, from the Panthers and was in, <laughs> injured within week two for each of the last two seasons or whatever, whatever it is. But I think there is no, um, there's no coincidence that Giants started playing well as Barkley started playing well. I think there's um, people in the organisation do need to remember that. But from a fan's perspective, it does him more harm than good to not play this year. In terms of the team, I think, um, and and himself, sitting out the entire off-season could do one or two, one of two things. It could, A, <laughs> meaning he's not prepared and he gets injured again within the first few weeks and is out for the year. And then he definitely doesn't get a contract. Or he's at sync with the rest of the offense because I know we've got a lot of new pieces. You've got Daniel Jones, who's still growing, if if you like. The offensive line sort of had a bit of in and out this year, so he may be out sync and cause turnovers. So he needs the preparation as much as the Giants need him. So I, I'm interested to see how it goes, but I don't see him going anywhere else unless we rescind that tag and trade him. 
or letting go or whatever we want to do. I think you're right. And I think you brought up a great point that I've not even thought about Le'Veon Bell because there's some players that are benefited from the franchise tag, Kirk Cousins being one I can think of top of my head. But Le'Veon Bell is the classic example of be careful what you wish for because we've all seen what's happened since. Um, and obviously he's not even playing now. He literally went from being the best, but probably at the time, the best running back in the league. Um, probably him and Todd Gurley had that shared role to then becoming, um, you know, a mediocre rapper. And a rapper, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And did he do boxing as well at one point? Did him and Adrian Peterson had a fight? Is that right? Oh, yeah, they did, didn't yeah. they? Yeah, that I think well. Peterson beat him. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, so I think, whilst on the one side, I think things like Ezekiel Elliott Steele has been the sort of the, the protagonist or the start of this downfall for contracts for any back. At the same time, Saquon Barkley, everyone forget it's a guy, as you, as you said, he's only had two real full healthy seasons. So you can see it from the Giants' point of view completely. And I do feel like, I think I think the more likely, I think he will have a resolution. And I think they will just pay the money. Uh, even, if, even if it means like, for example, five year, you're guaranteed, I don't know, Sixty million pounds dollars, for example, and you get only about an eighth of that the first year, and then make up for the second year with the whole Daniel Jones initiatives. Maybe they could do that. I don't know. They could try and spread it out a bit unevenly. Um, but yeah, I think that if they can guarantee him some money, but guarantee it to be next year, for example, and give him a little bit towards this year to help with the, the cap, I think that's what they could do. Um, mm. But of course, you know, this is a team that is in a hard conference as well. I mean, you look at. The Eagles and the Cowboys aren't going away anytime soon. They'll be there. The Commanders probably will be the bottom team, but you look at the Giants, they've got to try and keep, you know, all the players they have. Because if they lose, if they come Barkley, if it's not resolved, the single Barkley either sits out or if he moves on to another team, there's app that I would put my money on it. There's no way to make the playoffs. I think it's a tight squeeze, even even with Barkley, if I'm honest. Teams have got stronger in the conference. And I think that it's if they've got a chance of um making the playoffs, I think. Brian Dayball appears to be one of them, but the other key factor is is Bark. And I think that obviously defense, you've got some great players as well, like Dexter Lawrence, for example, and Leonard Williams and all that. But at the same time, you need Bark on offense because he was a big part of the big part of the London win last season against the Packers. Uh, I, I was told I, didn't, I wasn't watching the game, I was away. But, you know, look at the, the Vikings playoff game as well. And I think that he is someone that you, you just need. And I know he's not healthy. And I think that is part of the reason why they're not paying in the many, but I think if you can get them even 70% healthy, I think it's absolutely needed. And I think that for Giants' sake, they better hope he stay. He um stay they keep him on and he stays because otherwise it could be a tough season. Yeah, I mean and to build on that point, the London game, I was there and we were sort of in despair at the beginning of the first quarter. You didn't think I thought oh god, I've paid a hell of a lot of money to get here to see this and then he just ignited the team and to see that firsthand I mean I've seen him play in the flesh three times now and the first time was that hurdle over Amos which is the picture that we all that we all know and that was the third time I saw him against the Eagles last not last season season before but he didn't do anything we'll ignore that but he's he's the one that you go to watch he's the one that sells jerseys he's, ev- he's everything to that and he'll make that money back to the Giants, it'll make Giants that money back tenfold because every kid wants a Barkley jersey, don't they? So he's um he's important. He's an important piece commercially as well as on the field. I agree. I think he's he is one of the most marketable running backs. I think that 
and obviously quarterbacks get all the attention and wide receivers as well. But I think in terms of running backs, I think that really, I think McCaffrey probably is up there as well. Derek Henry obviously is one of them. Yeah. But um, yeah, even though he's had his problems, he is still one of the guys that, especially Giants fans, I mean, he is the guy. I mean, mm. Daniel Jones, I'd imagine maybe still fits opinion with the fans, but you'll, you'll know more than me. But Barkley, I remember I went, when I went to watch Giants play in, in Jacksonville last year, I was literally walking back to my, my um trying to find some sort of Uber spot and I literally saw a crowd of people think what's going on here. and then I started seeing people like Jamie Gillen and uh, Graham Gano just talking and I realized oh wait a sec these were the players come out so I stayed there you know Daniel Jones at the time he was still questioned so it wasn't much love for him but when Barkley came out the door everyone just fled towards where he was yeah. and what I've been told by people who been to Giants games a lot before they've been telling me that he stays and signs most autographs so I think it just showed me then if I didn't know already just how much of a, of a big star he was and I think that he yeah I think because he has to stay um quick side note actually you mentioned you've been to three games that I want to get you'll you, you know in a minute why I'm asking this but um three games what's your record at Giants games watching and play I've been to four I've been to four actually but um just three with Barkley uh, my record's four and oh ah oh, that is amazing <laughs> Two in London, two in two in MetLife. It's four and zero. So, but, um, listening, pay them to go to every game. That's what you got to do. You got to pay them to go to every game. That's what's got to happen now. You got to make some sort of GoFundMe page for Giants fans. You know what will happen? They'll send me to the Dallas game and we'll get beaten like thirty-eight-one or thirty-eight-seven or something like that, and then <laughs> take all my tickets away. But yeah, yeah no. If, if anyone wants to fund that, I'm I'm open to offers. <laughs> Well, I'm glad. I'm, in a way, I'm glad you said four zero because that is the complete opposite of my Dolphins record. I am own four Dolphins games. It's um one in London, one in Cincinnati, one in Miami, and then one in LA. So it's um I'm going to at the moment just one game, the Eagles game, which probably will make it zero five. But hopefully, if I do get to Frankfurt ticket to go watch and play the Chiefs, I'm hoping that. But I'm I'm seeing them playing good teams. So I'm probably going to be zero six by the end of next year, which is not great. Yeah, no. Um, I don't think I've seen the Dolphins win either, to be honest. I think I've seen them two or three times and each oh, yeah. time they've so <laughs> horrible. I mean, even in London, they're about I think they're one and five, one and four at London games. I've only won one game. I think that was against the Jets or was against the Raiders. I it was before my time of properly loving the NFL. So I, I, I no, think I... either the Jets or the Raiders, one or two. We played them back back years in London, which would have been amazing if I if I was like a more than just a casual fan back then. That would have been amazing. But um yeah, I'm hoping at some point I'll see him win a game, but it's um, looking like I'm some sort of a curse at the moment. And there's sort of fans, friends of mine, and in the fan base, Fins Nation UK, that's telling me don't go to any more games. You can't. You're banned from games forever. They're restricting your ticket sales. Yeah, yeah. They'll be like, I'll be like barred from Ticketmaster. They'll see like they'll be Dolphins fans. They'll see me on the, even if I get to the stadium, they'll see my name all across the stadium. Say, have you seen this man? Don't let him in. We'll see it get hacked by Patriots fans next. That'll be the next scandal. <laughs> yeah. Andy Gate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right, so we're going to head to our final segment, which is going to be our win-loss-tie segment, which if you don't know the story by now, if you are listening for the first time, we ask every fan who comes on to predict every game and say whether they think they're going to win, lose, or tie. We're going to compare this amongst other fans' predictions so far. So, obviously, I mentioned came on last year. Um, the record mm-hmm. that the Giants had in the actual season was 9-7-1, your record yeah. prediction was eight and nine, so you were pretty close. You were pretty close in your prediction. So, um, quite happy with that when I looked at that earlier. To yeah, be honest. <laughs> not too bad. They're not, not, 
I've seen I've seen worse people's predictions like have come back to bite them. But yeah, yours seems pretty on the ball. Um week one, you mentioned Dallas at home. Win, loss or tie. Uh loss. We can't win in the division. And uh, especially if Barkley sits out the off season, I think um he's slow to get going, will be slow to get going. So yeah, unfortunately. So that is 0-1 start. So then mm-hmm. week two is a road game. A game actually I'm actually going to. Uh, actually, back-to-back Giants games I'm going to here um, in Arizona. I think we'll win that one. I think um, the Cardinals aren't as strong as they were maybe two, three years ago. I think Kyler Murray's sort of got question marks around him now. They've lost Hopkins. So um, I will, and they may be losing Buda Baker at some point if they haven't already. I'm not sure. Um, so I think we'll win that game. Okay, next one. I say I'm going to. I'm actually going to have to leave about third quarter time. I've got to get the flight back to the UK. But it is in San Francisco against the 49ers. Yeah, well, that's, that's a loss. We'll just write that off straight away. They're too strong. Fair enough. Uh, I think they'll be, we said before one of the podcasts, especially being an NFC West themed start to this series. Um, 49ers are seen as a team that are going to be one of the contenders, if not the, the winner of the NFC. So, yeah, I can see why you'd think that. Um, Week four, back at home against the Seattle Seahawks. I think we'll beat the Seahawks. I know we lost them last year, but it was close. And I think that um, their 12th man that they've got over there really pushed them over the line. So I think with our fans, our stadium, I think we should be able to win that game. Hey, and in week five, careful what your answer is, because I am the host of this podcast. Um, a road game to the Dolphins. Are you going to this one? No, no, I'm not going to marry this year. Right. Uh, if, if I'm honest, I know I got into the Dolphins because I went to a holiday in Orlando, but I didn't really like Maui that much, if I'm honest. I liked the Florida Keys was quite nice, um, but I didn't really, I like, got shout out uh, Gary, who actually passed away this week, but uh, who I met there, but I wasn't keen on, I'm, I'm not really a beach guy, if I'm honest. Um, I'm not really, like, I prefer the East Coast to the West Coast, but um, mm. when I went to Miami, I didn't really fall in love with the place. Obviously, I've got my team now, and that's been set for, what's that now, 13 years or so, but, I didn't. I preferred like Chicago, New York, and Seattle to be honest. Um, yeah, but I can see that. either way, I'll, I'll, I will go back eventually, and I'm planning to go to hopefully next year a game in Seattle um, and stuff like that. But I will come back at some point. Uh, but it's not the easiest place to get around as well. In terms of taxis are quite expensive. Everywhere's quite spread out. But mm-hmm. you know, I've got a lot of friends who have made both in America and in the UK um, of Dolphin fans. So I sort of, yeah, it's sort of always been a team no matter what. But I will probably more likely be going to road games rather than home games in my yeah. next 20, 30 years, if I'm honest, because I like, I like America and I yeah I prefer the East Coast. So, yeah, no, I'm not going to the game, uh, but I'll be certainly watching. Oh, no, this is when the London game is, isn't it? So the 8th of October will be the Bills-Jags. I'll probably be going to watch it afterwards. Some, oh, no, it'll be on, yeah, yeah. play straight after the games. So I'll probably find a bar in London somewhere mm. and um, and watch it. Uh, yeah, I, think, I, I hope you were disappointed because I've got you at got Giants down as a win so <laughs> actually fair actually I think I've, we actually been talking about could I potentially have a spare ticket for um that game um and you know it's um my dad coming with me but he might not be able to come so you are my sort I think you're second in line to ticket if Freddie second front in line right. yeah exactly <laughs> so if we do go to that game we'll have to go to bar and watch it somewhere we'll have to go watch it that's like the perfect well, if our, both yeah. our teams are playing each other on the same day <laughs> After that game, we have to find somewhere to watch it. We can't not miss out on an opportunity. 
Yeah, no, we'll talk, we'll talk about that down the line. We'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> Just um, the reaction. Yeah, I think depends. I think you know, depends how it goes. If we get to the, th- the second quarter, we're losing by twenty points. I'm out to bid you an early farewell, but um... <laughs> not likely. Um, AFC East continues in Week Six, a road game at the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, that's that's another loss. I think the Bills are too strong. I know they've had a bit of turmoil with Diggs and all of that this season, but the Bills are Bills are too good for us. Fair enough. Um, week Eight is a home game. Sorry, week seven, sorry, is a home game against the Washington Commanders. I think we'll win that one. I think that that's the, they're the only divisional games I think we like playing in. I don't know what it is about the Commanders, but um, we like playing them and we especially like playing them at home. So I'm going to take that win. Okay, and then week eight is another home game, but this time against another AFC East team in the New York Jets. Sadly, I think we'll lose that game. Um, we don't have a very good record against the Jets of late. I mean, we only play them every four years or so. But I think now with Aaron Rodgers coming in, they've got a decent defence. They were unlucky to miss out last year. I think the Jets are on the rise, unfortunately, so I think they'll beat us. Just as I said, home game against the New York Jets. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're all they're all home in that ground. Yeah. <laughs> uh, week nine is a road game. You're off to Vegas to play the Las Vegas Raiders. I think we'll beat the Raiders. I think um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what it is about that team. I think trouble just follows them. I think by that point in the season, they would have had some scandal or other, wouldn't they? So, I think um, that's probably a decent time to play them. So I'm going to say a win. And who do you believe to get arrested this year? I mean, they're a team that has is prime for people getting arrested. Mm-hmm. You know, Cleveland Farrell with the gun, obviously the Henry Rugg situation. But yeah, who would yeah. you believe, if any player was, get, was going to get arrested this year from the Raiders? Who are you picking? I'm trying to think of who's left. To be honest, um, I wouldn't put it past the head coach. To be honest, it was McDaniel's. Oh <laughs> so yeah, I'm going to go with a rogue choice. Some some sort of white collar crime. Oh yeah, I, I think uh, he's he's so sus to me. But like you know, um, I think my I reckon like some sort of like um like ta- like insurance fraud or something. That'd be my that'd be yeah. my guess. Yeah, payment yeah. islands or something. I can see that. <laughs> or maybe, or maybe it was a fraud of pretending he was a head coach. Maybe that was a fraud. <laughs> Well, yeah, yeah, that's that, that's true. That's a fair point for me. <laughs> so, week ten is in Dallas at the, against the Cowboys. Yeah, another loss. Um, we don't like playing in Dallas, and they always seem to turn up. So, I think um, can write that one off as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, week eleven in Washington against Commanders. Provided the pitch doesn't break all of our players, I think we'll win that game. It is without a doubt, the worst stadium in the league. I haven't been to all of them, but I know it's the worst one. I just do. Yeah, it's a shame because actually, at times, it looks nice. I mean, it, I'm, I'm actually going there to a game uh, against mm. the Eagles. Uh, I believe it's week eight. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to going. I, I went to see the same from the outside last season. It didn't work mm. away, but now I'm on this sort of aim to try and get the whole set. I've got to go for the game there. Yeah. I did think... I mean- to be fair, the fans are great. The tailgate fans, they're really great. They're really passionate. They're really nice people. So that's that was that's great. But this, once you get inside, it starts to go downhill. Mm. And I think you told me before that it's one of the worst stages you found to get out of as well. Yeah, I don't think it's as bad if you're going on a Sunday. But Monday night, we went on a Monday night game and there was a queue of thousands of people going out to get Ubers because public transport stopped at about nine o'clock. And for an eight o'clock kickoff, that's not really ideal. So, um, that is strange. Yeah. 
it's a very it's, it's quite out quite out of the way as well it's a decent walk from the metro stop as well but yeah. um yeah not a positive review but um <laughs> okay but do keep watching our youtube channel because we will um on euro trips over our, the main sort of divide of the podcast and we will be a vlog at some point on that game so keep an eye out and i'll give you my review of the stadium um Definitely. week 12 completing your afc east tour is a home game against the patriots i think we'll beat the patriots they're not what they were um they're in a bit of turmoil as well with the craft belichick sort of argument situation going on at the moment so um i will very happily take that win off them okay and then week 13 is your bye week which i think is one of the more perfect weeks of a bye week mm. um and then week 14 a repeat of the london game you saw last year at home mm. to the packers I think we'll beat the Packers, to be honest. I mean, we're not going to Lambeau. We're not going to Lambeau in what looks like December, November, December. Mm -hmm. So um, it won't be as bad for us. And I think I, from what I've seen of Jordan Love, I know it's not a lot, but he's, he's not Aaron Rodgers, is he? So um, I, I think the Packers will take a bit of a nosedive. Okay. And then week 15 is a trip to the Superdome to take on the New Orleans Saints. Um, I think we'll beat them. I mean, they may be revitalised under Derek Carr, but um, it's still Derek Carr. So I think um, I think we'll beat them. Okay, then Christmas Day game. So this is 4.30pm in the US time, so it'll be about 9.30pm, which is probably mm. a perfect time because most family, you know, most of the family would have gone to bed by this point. And then by Packers uh, played as last year, 6 o'clock. Thankfully, I was ill, so I, I could actually watch it. But if I wasn't ill, I may have had more of an issue with watching that. So you've all got a perfect time there as a UK fan, 9.30 in the evening. Um, and yeah, how, how how's that game going to go for you? I think it's a perfect game to fall asleep in the middle of. Because when we're about 30 points down going into half time, I think I'll be very happy to miss the second half. So I'm going to say a loss there because I can't remember the last time we won at the link. But um, I know it's at home, isn't it? Oh, no. No. Oh, it's in, it's in for it yeah. yeah, no. Yeah. My point stands. Yeah, no, we're not going to win that game. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, how do you approach Christmas Day sort of in, in your sort of Christmas household? Are you a guy that will have to miss it to family or girlfriend arrangements or are you someone that will find a way find a way to watch it no matter what? Um, I think at that point on Christmas Day, I think all bets are off. You've done your family commitments, you've done all everything like that. So I think that's that's me time. Um, me with, with some leftovers, sort of mm -hmm. feeling very full. I think, yeah, I think I think by that time it will be, it will be sound for me, <laughs> me to just hide myself away. Sounds great. I mean, I, I love the idea of you know having our yearly Christmas trifle out of leftovers and stuff like that. That all oh, I can't mm -hmm. wait for all of that. And um, I think there's a I we did mention in the previous podcast. It's actually a great selection of of uh, games on Christmas Day. But um, yeah, looking forward to it and. A New Year's Eve is when the next game is week 17. Again, we've got the whole slate on the same day, which is amazing. If you're not a fan of New Year's Eve like myself, a great time to enjoy that New Year's Eve uh, football all day. But you're playing the Los Angeles Rams. Yes. And I think we'll beat them, to be honest. I think um, I know they fell off last season and they're sort of feeling like they might bounce back a bit. But there's not what they were. I think Stafford will be injured by this point, as he so often is. So, um, Aaron Donald's the only, and Cooper Cup, I guess, as well. I keep forgetting about him. I think Aaron Donald will be an issue. But apart from that, I think we might win a fairly low-scoring game. Okay, and then going on to week eight. So right now, 
you are 10 and 6 going into the final week of the season, which is a home game against the Philadelphia Eagles. Unfortunately, it's going to finish 10 and 7 because um, the Eagles are so much better than we are. Um, I think I tempted fate at the end of last season by saying we're beating in the playoffs and made them angry. So um, hopefully, um, if I show them a little bit of respect, we might just turn over. But for now, I've got it as a loss. Okay, so that means that at time of this episode being recorded, you are our 12th guest on our 11th team on the podcast so far. So right now, you're 10 and 6. Obviously, you are miles behind teams like you know, Paul Hope's got the 49ers 14 and 3. So right now, you are our joint 6th um, or 7th most optimistic fan so far. So um, yeah, that's that's pretty good. It makes a difference from the Wolves podcast we just did, doesn't it? So uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm nice to be able at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a bit of a contrast. More optim- more optimism than um maybe your maybe your maybe your Wolves feelings right now. Yeah, it's like taken a real turn over the last couple of years because it would have been the other way around a couple of years ago. Yeah, <laughs> yeah of course. Yeah, that, that would be um. Yeah. It's funny how it's amazing how sport changes so quickly in the NFL mm-hmm. especially is that's what it's known for and it's um that's why we all lo- love the um. That's why we all love the sport so much. So, yeah. 10 and 7, you would think, particularly in the NFC, would get you into playoffs. More likely as a wildcard team, unless something goes horrendously yeah. wrong with the Cowboys and Eagles. But if you get to the playoffs as a wildcard team, how far do you think this team can go in the postseason? I think you've got to be happy with just another wildcard win. I think um, if you match what you did last year, then great. If you beat it, then you've done amazing. So I think, uh, as you say, it's a, um, there are two teams to beat in this conference, and they're the Eagles and um, the Niners. And unfortunately, we've got to play the Eagles twice before we have to get anywhere. So um, I reckon if we finish third in the division, get that seventh seed, sixth seed, seventh seed, something like that, win a game. You can't be angry at that, really, can you? So. I agree. And I think that there's some teams... They make the playoffs and don't return for years. And we've done that mm-hmm. in recent times. One playoff appearance or two now in the last eight, nine years or so. Uh, but the we all like people like me and you are always envious of teams, like fans of teams who get to see the playoffs every year, like the Cowboys fans and yeah. you know, these days Chiefs fans and stuff like that. They're in the playoffs every year and Bills fans as well these days. Um, so I think as you said, I think just to be in there again and once again, uh, consecutive years, playoff contender. I think it's it's a sign of it's a sign of progress because this team has only had, I believe, like like ourselves, we only two or three playoff appearances in the last ten years or five years or so. So, um, yeah, I think that's that's a good season. Um, but that is where we will end this New York Giants season preview. So, thank you, Tom, once again for coming on. Thanks very much for having me, and hope to be back soon. Definitely, and yeah, we look forward to having you on some point during the season. And of course, we'll try and get you on to preview Dolphins Giants, both for Fins Nation UK and also Across the Pod in the same episode. But yeah, in the meantime, this has been the Across the Pod podcast. I've been Andy, this has been Tom Walton, and we will see you guys for our next season preview, which will be the Denver Broncos. See you then. Mm-hmm.